This is innocence theory. Today we are fortunate to hear someone share her experience of being a parent in a certain context. As a child, parents teachers meetings have always been an extremely anxious moment for me personally. It's probably inevitable to feel that way if you've been a student in the last bench who rarely matched up to the institutional expectations. But how does a parent feel, especially a new parent? Kritika, a writer and a parent, walks us through her emotions at play on her first meeting with her daughter's caregivers at school. Hello, good evening ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is me making up stuff. <laughs> That's not my real voice. I think this is my real voice. Um so here we are and I'm going to be reading a chapter from you can call it a parent rant uh, which I want to produce at the end of the year hopefully. Uh I call it notes from the park. These are mainly my observations about um people, about parenthood, about what I feel as a parent. Uh so this is just the first chapter of that anthology slash novel whatever you want to call it um so let's begin with chapter 1 so both of us are on a couch in a small ante chamber that serves as a reception area for our daughter's school and by far the worst dressed person in the setup i wear a really old oversized yellow shirt with an emote icon and the words happy on it and my husband's discarded black 3/4 i would have worn shorts But last time I was called into the office which is situated right next to that antechamber forcefully made cheerful with colors and a silly map of Bangalore and asked politely to wear clothes that are a little formal The school is situated inside an IT park and people expect a certain level of professionalism we don't really mind but we have received complaints said the snake-eyed center coordinator I had been so shocked that I responded with a forced of course I understand that my daughter loves my baggy t-shirt as it gives her easy access to my squishy boobs which she always touches and giggles my hus- husband is dressed in faded clothes overall he's so picky about his clothes that he can't make up his mind about what to buy and doesn't like anything I give him So he's mostly left with old clothes that he wears till people around him begin to mistake him to be a senior citizen, the boomer who grew up in times of extreme scarcity. In our holidays people ask us if she really is our daughter and how a balding gray-haired man with a shabby red-haired woman decided to have a kid. Oh, did you guys marry very late? asked one annoying woman committed to make me rage. Again I held my impulse to punch her in the face and said we both aren't as old as we look we are waiting for my daughter's parent teachers meeting yes play schools have these now where they pretend to be some kind of experts in child development and show you scribbles your child has done in class and talk about their progress my husband takes these very seriously and is waiting to give them feedback while i'm still trying to figure the point of these meetings we are politely ushered into the office this is after they told us 15 minutes ago that they had so many parents lining up for this one on one 
session that it would be nearly impossible to accommodate our request of scheduling hours early. Two women sit facing us. They are both creepily cheerful and nicely contrast my foul mood, which is generally how I feel most mornings till my daughter is deposited at school. I lose my temper at least once, my rage triggered by my husband announcing that he needs to poop or cut my daughter's fingernails, just as we're about to leave. Both activities that take considerable time. Time which we cannot waste, as that would mean our daughter goes hungry as this tyrannical play school moves on to the other activity for the day. And the breakfast, lying in her three-compartment tiffin box, comes back home untouched. Last time, I requested them to ensure that she was fed. As we had again gotten late, they had given me five minutes. The women get down to business right away and ask us if we have seen our daughter's report card in the app. We both mumble that we have despite having no clue where to find it in the app. The app is designed to give you the least information about your child. Quite like the CCTV footage we have access to where we are mostly figuring out who our child is in the sea of small humans running around in an extremely crowded classroom. We lose connection or interest by the time we figure which one is our little human. Other diligent parents I know had said that off late, there had been a lot of pushing and shoving in the classrooms. I decide I, I might as well talk about this. They're all growing children, says the woman sheepishly. So it is bound to happen, she adds. How does Sanidhi react to it, I ask. She mostly goes quiet, says the other woman. So she gets bullied in class, I ask, horrified. You can teach her to inform the caregiver when a child pushes her or pulls her hair. Another one adds in quickly. I'm at loss for words. My husband gives a less contra controversial segue and decides to talk about the lack of outdoor time in their curriculum. And we amble along about how she just won't sleep in the afternoon because there is so little outdoor play. We both sit in the car glum. They called her quiet, I say. Kids are different in different settings, my husband adds. When we get back home, we are hooked on the CCTV footage. And the kids are playing outside. Guess we weren't the only ones complaining about outdoor play, adds my husband. I lose interest after my husband goes to work. I can't find her again and I have work. I wait outside the narrow entrance again in the afternoon and watch my daughter hop, skip and jump onto the school, running away with someone else's slippers, continuously chattering about the slipper. I joke with the nanny to catch her as she runs as though escaping a prison. The nanny barely keeping up. We come back home. At home, I ask her, did someone hit you? She asks me the same question again and giggles. I tell her this time a little more sternly. If someone pushes you, what will you do? She chimes in the same thing again. You will say, no, don't do it, I repeat. By the fourth time, she gets the drift and loudly says, no, don't do it. If they do it, even after you say no, what will you do? I ask. What will I do? She asks. You will say, ma'am, he's pushing me, I tell her. 
she repeats the same thing and begins to kick me. Does someone kick you too? I ask now, really worried. She kicks me again and says, kick you too and giggles. Thank you folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye. We are at the end of the show. Before we leave here, a few updates or um, sort of stories from our side. We took part in a 48-hour AI filmmaking competition. It, it was an interesting and surreal experience to be um, swimming in those kind of visuals for for 24 hours. Yeah, we we didn't uh, take part in the whole of 48 hours. We took part only for for the uh, second half of the competition we just took part for 24 hours the second is i was part of an online program online learning program called knowledge to action the program was exploring how to apply design thinking to advance uh, sustainability development goals laid by the un specifically in the south asia region that was a, a program which offered rich experience by itself and one question that left me wondering after the program is, um, what does it mean to learn from a well-designed and an effective online program? So that was second. Third is uh, something on climate change. I had a little peek into the challenge of climate change and the conversations surrounding it. Uh, we at Innocence Theory had a conversation at a very surface level on that. So yeah, so these are uh, uh, sort of uh, some updates from our side, the AI competition, the online program, and a surface level conversation on climate change. So if one of this sounds interesting to you, let us know and we will be happy to talk about it. See you next time.